What's up, all you creepy crawlies out there in Horrorland? Hey, it's uh, Albert and Ryan. We're bringing a Doobie Monster episode to you today. If you listened to the last Don't Be an Idiom episode, you knew this was we coming. We told you it was coming, so don't act all like, what? Happy early Halloween. Yeah, it's hey, halfway to Halloween, right? I've been meaning to start celebrating halfway to Halloween. Someone just told me about that. It was me. Recently. It was you. When, what's the date that's halfway maybe, to Halloween? Maybe it wasn't me. But I, w- I had been thinking of it, and someone yeah. said, oh, it's halfway to Halloween. So I was October like, October 31st, so what is that? What's the? What's I think it's May, Halloween? right? Yeah, we missed it. Um, anyway, I want to start doing Happy belated half Halloween, everyone. Uh, happy belated half Halloween, everybody. Yeah, we definitely need to do that. You're right. This is the 12th installment of Doobie Monster. This is, uh, you know... Wait, is it the 12th? Yes. Because I wrote that it was the 13th, but ah, I think I had... That would have been cool. But I, had my, I think I had my numbers off. Yeah, I think it's the 12th. Or I just can't count. I'm the dyslexic one. In the description, it says which number installment it is. So here we are at number 12. Shit. And shit. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, listen, we love love monsters. We can't stop thinking about them. And uh, we we came upon so many in early, early idiom episodes. We thought, let's just, let's just get a little sideshow pod going. Do it all about the monsters. Right, this happened so, very organically. You're not going to hear anything about idioms today, but um, we're gonna we're gonna it's gonna be all monsters all the time. Oh, you know what? Actually, mm. what? there's no way I'm gonna remember this, but oh, right, actually, yes. So Ryan and I the other day watched the um, this uh, we watched this monster movie. What yokai. Was it the yokai. What was it? A hundred. One hundred monsters. Like? I think it's called hundred monsters. Yeah, right. it was a Japanese. I think I think early seventies Japanese kind of monster movie but it yeah. takes place in um you know 1600s japan yeah well i was gonna i was thinking about doing one of those monsters yeah. for the show tonight but while i was looking it up i was typing in like night of a hundred monsters night of a thousand monsters yeah. i couldn't remember like what it was and whatever and in wikipedia it came up as um like the, the night- game itself or oh no, no but oh, okay. uh, what it said was something that the the term the night of a, a hundred monsters or mm-hmm. the night of a thousand monsters um, is a is technically a Japanese idiom. Oh, really? Which I thought was really cool. It was basically like just you could use it as like uh, a night of pandemonium. Like it doesn't have to be referencing the actual um, act of telling of, stories of, about yeah, ghosts yeah. and demons and things. Because there's this whole thing in Japan about like the um, like the parade of monsters. Yeah, like right. The thousand monster parade or something like right. that. Right. Um, and uh, so you could actually use that as an idiom. Oh, like so night, here night. I said there wasn't going to be because like, that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, it might be a little crossover. Anyway, I didn't end up using any of those monsters for tonight, but I yeah, thought it was fun. Oh, cool. I also was going to do a Japanese monster tonight. Really? Yeah, I'm going to hold off on it though. I, yeah, I was going to do one too, but I was like, I, I did one already, and I'd say the Kappa, right? The Kappa, yeah. So I was thinking the other day um, a couple things. One was what makes under the bed so scary. You, you know, like when you yeah. were a kid, like it was so terrifying to put your feet down on the floor. Oh, you know what? I, I know. I remember why I was thinking this because I just finished reading Stephen King's Cujo 
And Stephen King. By the way, the book is way darker than, as you can imagine, than the movie. Um, but you know, the little boy in Cujo is, he's so afraid of putting his feet down by his bed and he believes there's either a monster in his closet or a monster under his bed. And remember his dad writes the monster words, which is kind of like a prayer that he can sort of read to, to remind himself. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about this like 15 years ago. We talked about the monster words, but see, I've never read Cujo. And the last time I watched it, I I was a little kid. No, but I think we watched it together when we were like 20 or like teenagers. Okay. Well, that part's cool. The monster words. And cause like we were like really interested in this, this kind of like, prayer that the father reads are you gonna read it to us i don't have it okay (laughs) because i'm only i was just i couldn't even remember why i thought i love about the uh, the bed being um scary but but what is it about okay under the bed being scary so yes i'm gonna i'm gonna say this under the bed is scary i remember as a kid uh there was two things that i actually thought were really scary which was um at night running up the stairs yeah i would be like something's chasing me and i would Uh be like all my tippy toes like running up the stairs and then i would Get to my room and launch myself to my bed so that I would avoid under uh-huh. the bed too. Those those two, two things, things back to back freaked me out. Uh-huh. And then of course, once I like survive that, then it's like lights go out and then I'm looking at the crack in my <laughs> closet and oh. I'm like, oh great, the thousand eye monster is gonna come if yeah. I don't hide all the way under the sheets. Yeah, I don't know the unknown, the dark. Yeah. I mean, and, and there's something about something grabbing your feet and ankles that's so creepy. Ooh, yeah. I mean, I still. As an, as an adult, I still, like, if I'm sleeping on top of the sheets, if it's, like, really hot in whatever room I'm sleeping yeah. in, I'm just like, mm, these angles are a little exposed here. Oh, yeah. Well, now my cat goes for them. If <laughs> well, I, that, if I, that's if I, different, I guess. If I leave my feet out, he, he nips at them. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. I've just been thinking about that. This is, this is connected a little bit to a question I'd asked you, which was uh, just when we were hanging out one day, like, uh, I was doing laundry and I just keep losing socks where I had like the, the last time I did laundry, I found eight socks that were just single socks. They didn't have a pair. And I was like, what the fuck is going that's insane. on? Where are my socks going? So we were talking about what cartoon that's from, right? Yeah. And so and I thought it was Rocco, but it's not. Right? It's not. So uh, in America, there was um, Saturday mornings were a big morning for cartoons, especially in the late 80s and early 90s. And so I had this image in my head and I've not been able to figure out what it is, but it was a green, um, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, Claymation. um, Yeah. Jesus. What's it it called? Stop motion. Stop motion and claymation. And just like green little monster guy who lived under this kid's bed, this like 10 year old kid's bed and Uh would eat socks and also like, you know, fight dust bunnies or something like bunnies that were actually made of dust, but they were like creatures. Oh. And I had this vivid memory of that. And so when I had done my laundry the other day, I'm like, where the hell are all my socks? I was like, what was the name of that Saturday morning stop motion guy? Yeah. And what so is it? then Gumby. the other day I like stumbled upon it. I saw a picture of it. I was like, holy shit. And it was called Bump in the Night. Oh, and that sounds just familiar. Just Google image Bump in the Night 1994. Okay. And it's about this this like little creature called Mr. Bumpy. And he was a small, green, purple-worded monster, and he would eat 30 socks. And he had a, a friend, Squishington oh, oh my and gosh. Molly Coddle. Yeah, this guy does look familiar. So I just wanted... I, I don't know if anyone else remembers that, but I, I've been asking people, like, do you remember a Saturday morning cartoon that was claymation, wow. and there was like a little green guy that ate socks? 
I remember this this Raggedy Ann kind of girl too. Well, I started. I, I watched like half of an episode on good? YouTube. It's so crazy. <laughs> it's crazy like, good. It's like it's a little weird. I don't know. It's it's like um like a Gumby on on crack. This one kind of looks like Muckoid a little bit down here. Yeah. Uh, uh, Muckoid. Yeah, trash bag bunch for all y'all who remember the best toy. Listen, ever. Doobie Monster, we're going to make some t shirts that say, Prepare yourself for the second coming of Muckoid. Yes. <laughs> yes. You should be like, Yeah, Jesus. Jesus Muckoid. <laughs> so get ready for that. Anyway, if you know what if you know what I'm talking about, I got you. Send us an email. Don't be an idiot at gmail.com if you classic. know what I'm talking about. That's no one else. Uh, yeah. Do you remember that? Does that look familiar? It does look familiar. Also, just while you were saying that, just want to just say the just want to just say this. We don't have to get into it, but MTV's The Head. Oh my god, The Head. Well, that's I, another good monster wasn't show. Wasn't that great? That was a great show. I remember when we were I remember I was at my grandma's house one night. It was Christmas Eve, and they were playing that like leading up to I guess the countdown of Christmas or something like that. And I was just like, why is my life so awesome? <laughs> fucking presents. This guy's got a big old monster in his head. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, the head is uh, this Go guy check had a, out the head. is an alien, right? Like an alien, like an alien lived monster. inside this guy's head, yeah. and so his head was it, Huge. it was really big. And like nobody was like, "What's up with your fucking head, dude?" And he, he was in a support group of just like freaks. Like one guy had like a lawnmower blade stuck in his head. Oh my god! I one guy had about like that. a giant nose, I think. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. We should kind of go maybe go back and watch that. I'd like to watch that. I have a feeling it probably goes nowhere, kind of like the uh, Max cartoon we were yeah, just talking about yeah. recently. Yeah. God, there's just so much tasty pop culture it out just there. Look, it looks so good, but then there's no plot, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, like what could he possibly... I think it was just like him trying to date and just like... That's true, getting right. tripped up because he had an alien in his head. Yeah. Uh, what else? So Albert and I saw Hellraiser at the Drive-In Theater in Mahoning the other night. Support the Mahoning. Support the Mahoning Drive-In Theater if you live um, in Pennsylvania or in New Jersey. Uh, gosh, the Hell- Hellraiser is... There are so many amazing monsters in Hellraiser and so much yeah. amazing practical effects and the cl- right. the closet demon that is like that one that's in a like worm that, like, like that hall type thing when the, yeah. when the wall opens up that's yeah. the best sort of like fish like it is fish, like face. a deep sea yeah fish. like one of those angler Anglers, fish yeah, yeah. I've seen Hellraiser before, but it felt like I was seeing it for the first time it feels like the first <laughs> and, uh, time I was just in awe of the whole thing, seeing it on the big screen like that. But uh, what's so great about the effects there is that like the only, um, I guess what you could consider like CGI is when like the electric shocks come out of things like, yeah. And that's animation. Oh, okay. There you go. Like, so, so it is just all very tangible gore, which Uh is what it's all about. It's all about that. So good job. Hellraiser. Great job. (laughs) Also real quick. I did look it up. It's called the night parade of 100 demons. It's a long, Mm. it's a long idiom, but technically it's an idiom. That is, that's the rules. Cause you, but you could say it in in Japanese. It's Hayaki Yako, so it's quicker. Oh, way quicker. Like we're having a Hayaki Yako time. Oh, you should, yeah, you should say that yeah. way more often. Yeah, concept of pandemonium. I love it. Me too. Okay. Hayaki cool. Yako. We'll have to ask my sister if she's ever heard of that one. Like that is great. Like just oh, and also speaking of, well, just while we're on the whole idiom thing, as we were looking it up because of Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. The guy says at that celebration, he says it's the uh, the night of the night of the night of the paper hats. Yeah, 
and we could not figure out where the hell that came from. The like we the loosest thing we could figure out was that um, the paper hats that come out of the Christmas crackers on uh, like the British, um, you know, what, no, the, New the, Year's those, or Christmas. Isn't that don't Christmas, be, uh, yeah, Christmas yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, the Christmas crackers, and right. then you get those little paper hats. And they were sitting down at a table. It was celebratory times. They were moving into a house. So it seemed like that. But nobody on the internet seems to know what the hell the guy's talking about. Yeah, he says, Night of the, what is it? Night of the Paper Hats? It was, yeah, we're like, so come on, it's a Night it's of the, the Paper, night of the paper hats. hats. Something like that. Yeah. 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 Always keep it an ear out for the idioms. Get them. Get them, um, get them, get them. We want to let you know that we've recently procured a board game that has a VHS Ooh. tape. Um, Albert found this. It's called The Nightmare. I had never seen it before. Never. It's heard, I've never seen everything it I could ever dream of. I don't like games. And so when Albert presented <laughs> this not. to me, I was like, holy shit. There's a VHS tape involved and the board itself is like a cemetery. And then there are all these cards with monsters on them, especially the, the Jevedon, the beast of the Je- of Je- Jevedon, yeah, which yes. Albert, I think was Albert's first. It was my first monster. one. And that's like, to me, that shows that this is not, this is some deep mm-hmm. monster refs. Like you, that's not just saying the wolf man. No, that's, no, that's <laughs> so you, you put the tape in and it's an hour long and there's like a sort of crypt keeper type guy who kind of guides you through the game. I think it's from 19 around 1990. So yeah. it's, Super vintage, and um, oh, we're, we're going to play it before our next Doobie Monster episode, so we'll let you know how that goes. If you've ever heard that of that game, let us come know. over. You can yeah, play we'll, with us. You can play with us. Now, and there's a and the thing is, it's, it's I always want to call him the Crypt Keeper, but it's not. It's the Gatekeeper. Maybe mm-hmm. is there's like a host. Yeah, he's like a yeah. decrepit guy. Right, right. And he's telling us what the hell is going <laughs> on. <laughs> what the hell? But there's, you know, it just, this dice. It's got like some real D&D um, aesthetics yeah. like to it. It's like he's the dungeon master, I would imagine. Because mm-hmm. that's the thing about Dungeons and Dragons. Like, I can't, we, I got Alex a, a, a game once for Christmas, mm-hmm. like his birthday or something. And he's like, all right, let's open this sucker up and play it. And it's like, this is not the kind of game where you could just play it. You have to like <laughs> make up all the shit. Right. That's frustrating. Yeah. Um, it takes some effort. Yeah. So, but check out the uh, nightmare board game commercial. Oh yeah. He's yeah, like, yeah. have some Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> like the, everything's like in black light and glowing. Have some Pepsi. <laughs> All right. So the last few monster episodes, we have introduced some monster theses by Jeffrey Jerome Cohen. And uh, right. this one is, uh, and then we're going to get on to the monsters. This one is thesis number five. And uh, it's it takes a little bit to wrap your head around. But the thesis is the monster polices the borders of the possible. Wow. The, the border. Of the, that, is, that is a nice image when you really think about it. Yeah, like if you literally think about a monster policing the border like of the if possible. We, if we just lived in this circle of reality and then they're just like roaming around the edges of it all. Oh, yeah, I do like that. You know? Yeah. Like come out to the borderlands. See what can happen. <laughs> it's probably bad. Um, one line from this is that the monster prevents mobility, intellectual, geographic, or sexual, delimiting, delimiting the social spaces through which private bodies may move. Oh my God, dude. I don't know, man. What does this mean to you? All right. So to me, the guy had used, or, or girl, <laughs> had used um, uh, <clears throat> the example of Jurassic Park as one of them, right? Yeah. So for me, it goes like this. Okay. Are you with me here, people, that like 
you know, exploration should be viewed as a positive, mm -hmm. I feel. Mm -hmm. But when you do exploration into something that is like, it is like, this is closed, man. This is over. You miss the dinosaurs. It's like, you don't, don't play God kind of thing. You right, know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're, you're really like testing the limits of like what we can do here. And then it's like, of course, like there's your hubris right there. Right. Like yeah. you get punished by the dinosaurs breaking free because you can't control this. Right? right. But it's not even about the dinosaurs. Right. It's, it's about the idea that you're trying to do something beyond the, our human potential or mm -hmm. something like that. And there's your punishment. Bam. And we were kind of talking about taboos and stuff like that. Right. Which again, to talk about the, there was a mention of like the sexual, right? Yeah, right. Let's use Hellraiser, like we just saw. That guy, Uncle Frank. Yeah, the main antagonist basically is so obsessed with sex that yeah. he wants to use the uh, the puzzle box to... Take him to the extremes like a dimension of pleasure of, and pain. Yeah, right. A dimension of pleasure is, and pain. Yeah, they, they work together. Uh -huh. <laughs> For our freaky listeners out there, you know what I'm talking about. Um, And, and so... It's just all about like I, I feel like this this one is all about like you're trying to like kind of be bigger than yourself. Like right. you're you're really like you're just you're you're just crossing this line of like like don't like like point of no return kind of stuff. Like you just like, and by and by by crossing that line, you yourself become a monster. Well, definitely, and mm -hmm. and that's what happens to Uncle Frank. Like yeah. he like literally becomes a bloody like goop monster. Goop monster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. And there's no and the idea that you can like once you're in, man, it's over, right? Like there's uh -huh. no escape then. Yeah. And and even like again, people that in uh like like those people. What's it called when you look up look up like the pyramids and stuff? When you look up the pyramids? When you're like, when you're dusting through the sand to find a pyramid. Archaeologists? Archaeologists, right? Like yeah. you think, so great. You're, 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 I am exploring the past, right? Mm -hmm. But then you get to the tomb covered with like all these curses saying like, do not fuck with the emperor, right? Uh -huh. Like, and then you, you open it anyway because you just got to know. Then it's boom, Pandora's box. That's what it is. It's Pandora's yeah. box, right? Yeah. And you get crushed by yeah. a billion different yeah, Egyptian monsters. Even, yeah. even though Pandora's box is Greek, but but I'm saying but, yeah, like, metaphorically, it's the idea, right? Yeah, yeah. And for me, I just feel that um, it's a fine line to walk. You, sh I think exploration should be rewarded, but then like this, like you know when you're doing the wrong thing as yeah. far as like exploration, and yeah. then like you know, you know you're doing it, but you're like too far gone, and you're like oh, crazy, and you're already the monster once you're crossing that line. Yeah, and that's where the punishment comes. Okay, that's good. And again, this is something that everyone should be asking themselves: if you see a portal uh -huh. appear before your eyes, yeah. do you go in? Oh man, I don't know. I think you go in. So, oh, that's so scary so though. So here's my here's my my thesis. <laughs> Event horizon. On port on portals, right? Yeah. If you create a portal, do not don't first of all, don't create a portal. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. That is always a problem. Yeah. Um but if a portal appears to you and you're just like walking around chewing gum, yeah. then you got to go. Okay. If you're chewing gum, but send your send your family a text right before you go in. Change like, starts hey, an alien. I saw a portal. It's an alien portal. But but the thing is, is I think that it would be destined for you if one appears sure. before you. And then like that kind of explanation is good. I okay, think. Okay. Yeah. Good. Well, thanks, Albert. I think that, I <laughs> portal think you got theory. To the of that. <laughs> next next time will be a little bit more uh, manageable. 
fear of the monster is really a kind of desire. So think about that until next one. And uh, now we're going to play the game, our monster card game, and see who goes first. So uh, so we're going to do that right now. Yeah, what's this called again? Um, this is called War. Like, Monster War. By the way, there is a Rocco's Modern Life episode where he goes hunting for his missing socks Whoa. Oh, into so that's what the dryer. Cool. That's what I was thinking. But, nice. not, but yours is... Yours is definitely cooler looking than clay. All right. Wow, that was a lucky hand. Wow. All right, good. You know what? It's good that I won this one because I spent most of my time um, with the research on this one, uh, putting things into Google Translate, and it's still not gonna, it's still not going to be pretty. Okay, because today we are going to talk about the Storwerojurent. Nope, Storwerojurent. Storwerojurent. Is that French? Storwerojurent. 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 Storwero. Juret. Juret. God. Um, don't the, worry. I'm not going to say that word very much. It's actually Swedish. I know it sounds like I'm saying oh, French. Swedish. Right. Okay, cool. Stuero Juret. Okay, what this translates to is the great lake monster. It's from the Swedish word for monster, which is ojur, which actually means unanimal. Unanimal. Un- I like that. Yeah, that's, that's unusual. But from here on out, I am going to be referring to this animal as... Storzy, which is what the, what the English tend to call him, oh, okay. a lot like Nessie, Nessie with sure. the Loch Ness monster. Uh-huh. So, ever heard of this? Uh, this I've never heard before? of Storzy. No, me neither. Uh, so, I got this out of the Monster Encyclopedia. Cool. Today, uh, I had gotten Ryan a copy of this a bunch of years back, and I got myself one too. I gotta tell you, I love that it's from Sweden. Yes, because I love Sweden. Well, I'm I love Sweden more now because oh, of yeah. Storzy for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I've never been to Sweden. You ever been there? Uh, Gothenburg, yeah. Gothenburg, Sweden. Chris and I went to see uh, Ghost perform. Um, Chris, yeah. Wait, he, really? He met me there. Yeah. Wow, that's fun. In 2019, it was February, so it was rainy and cold the whole time, but. Sweden was so cool and I really loved it. Wow. Yeah. Well, maybe some of these spots that I'll be talking about will be on your map. I'm not sure. First, I'm going to talk about where Storzy comes from. Storzy, yeah. Storzy. So he comes from Lake Storzwen, which is Sweden's fifth largest lake. It's 176 square miles. Fifth largest is such like a... <laughs> like, it's not the biggest. It's not the biggest. But it comes from Jeppland County, which is right in the middle of Sweden. Okay. And let's talk about what Storzy looks like. Yeah. Now, yeah. I'm going to start with this. I am I had to kind of force myself to do a... Well, I, a, you know, I like lake serpent. monsters. I, I, was, I was literally practicing <laughs> this on the way over here. So here's my thing about lake monsters. They kind of... Or, or like sea monsters sea, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, river monsters. They just, on the whole, kind of always look sort of the same Sure. And yeah. Storzy's not much different. Yeah. And I think that the reason that I... Like, I'm more of a... I'm more of a werewolf guy. Um, 
I, I like aliens. S- alien. Yeah. Like, I guess it's stuff that's more humanoid, more mammal. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like, because I think you get like more expression there and you get like the snarls and all the stuff, you know, like fish and fit. Okay. Here's what I was, I was going to say. Fish are like the birds of the sea. Like I feel nothing when I look at a bird, mm-hmm. like, cause they got no, they have no mouth. Well, soon is literally is, chicken of the sea. Yeah. There you go. It's like, <laughs> it's like that. Right. So with sea monsters, I just feel like they just, I, maybe I can't relate enough. Yeah. They just seem very emotionless. But I do me. like that if they come above water, they're dripping and they're shining. I, I know. They, yeah, they got to You know be how dripping. I feel about monsters. Yes. They got to be wet. Well, Ryan's got his own, his own goop theory that he was laying on us the other night. Right, again, yeah. at the Hellraiser That's show, right. which is, if you're going to make a big old monster, cover it in KY. KY jelly. That, that baby's got to drip. That's a that's a dollar ninety nine solution right there. That's exactly right. Or whatever people pay to have yeah. sex. I don't know. I've been out of the game for a while. So anyway, yeah, Storzy. So Storzy. So I felt like it was time to to get a lake monster, and I'm glad that I got this one. in. so, cool. all right, what does he look like? You say. Well, according to the curator of the Jampley Museum in the town of Ustershund, Sweden. The monster was seen most frequently between the years of 1820 and 1898. The head is said to be round and smooth like that of a dog with great eyes. The extremities are described as short, stumpy legs or feet, possibly big, clumsy fins, possibly long, webbed hind legs. It has great fins on the back of the head, possibly ears, described as little sails, which can be laid tight on the neck. Huh. when it's it's also described as having like a long body with yeah. um like that like those long like those humps that stick above the water like with like ogopogo and all that yeah stuff, right? messy, yeah yeah uh, so you get yeah. that like kind of hump thing right okay so a serpentine body definitely yeah. kind of long snaky like sort of thing i feel like the only difference between uh storzy and nessie is that storzy has like these thin like ears that mm-hmm. are pressed against its head going back absolutely okay. so the ears seem to be the like the one defining feature really yeah um which i love i like that it has something defining i'm imagining them being kelpie kelpie there you go um we were just talking about the kelpie it's that horse that brings you into the water right and kills mm-hmm. you it's got a glue skin anyway it's been described as anywhere from 3.5 to 14 meters long. I'll take 14. So will I. <laughs> and roughly a meter wide. And there have been over 260 sightings in the last, give or take, 400 years. That's nothing to shake a stick at. No, that's a, that's nice, a lot of sightings. That's, that's a nice old monster, right? Uh-huh. All right. So as I mentioned, Sea monsters aren't really my thing, but mm. I loved the legend behind this thing. Oh, so nice. here's what I'm going to tell you. This, is, this was first written down in 1635 by Vicar Morgans Peterson. And here's what he wrote. A long, long time ago, two trolls, Jada and Kata, stood on the shores of the Great Lake, brewing a concoction in their cauldrons. They brewed and mixed and added to the liquid for days and weeks and years. They knew not what would result from their brew, but they wondered about it a great deal. One evening, there was heard a strange sound from one of their cauldrons. There was a wailing, a groaning, and a crying. And then suddenly came a loud bang. A strange animal with a black serpentine body and a cat-like head jumped out of the cauldron 
and disappeared into the lake. The monster enjoyed living in the lake, grew unbelievably larger, and awakened terror amongst the people wherever it appeared. Finally, it extended all the way around the island of Freyasun and could even bite its own tail. Ketil Runsky bound the mighty monster with a strong spell, which was carved on a stone and raised on the island of Freyasun. The serpent was pictured on the stone. Thus was the spell to be tied to the day someone came who could read and understand the inscription on the stone. Ooh, so much good little tasty bits in there. I love how two trolls are like, what are we making here? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, that's... That's hilarious. But I love the... Uh, so so the island of Freya... has got a cat-like head, huh? Right. Even though the other person said dog-like, right? Similar, I guess. But so this is the first time it was written down. And um, so when you look at the the lake, right? Mm-hmm. The island of Freyasun, right? Is just this like little island in the middle of the lake. And so I love this idea of it being able to wrap itself around the island and bite its tail like the Ouroboros, right? Ouroboros? Ouroboros, yeah. Right, yeah. That, that, the serpent that eats its own tail. Yeah. This is very, very metal. <laughs> Pretty metal. Yeah. Now, there's one other, um, there's one other little popular kind of legend that comes up in 1685 by Andreas Planton. This one's different, but cool. It is said that beneath this rune stone lies a dreadfully large head of a serpent and that the body stretches over Storswen to Kinita Bai and Hill Sand, where its tail is buried. The serpent was called Ara, and therefore shall this stone be risen. Since no one peacefully could cross Storswen, the ferryman and his wife states, along with many others, that in the last turbulent time this stone was torn down and broken in two. As long as this stone laid on the ground, many strange things occurred in the water until the stone was risen and assembled anew. Now, you might be wondering, what's up with this stone, right? Yeah. So, there is, um, there's this thing called the Freyason Rune Stone. And it is, do you know anything about rune stones? I'm just going to say, the coolest thing about Nordic countries (laughs) is that they have runes. Right? And that these runes are on stones. It's just so cool. It's a fine stone. Let me, I actually have a picture of the stone. The stone is real. And no it, way, really? The stone is real and it still stands. So um, here it is, Rye. So. Oh, yeah, baby. See that baby there? And is this from like year 800 or something? Or. It's, um, it's estimated between the year 1050. Good. And let me good see. Year. I got those numbers here right for you now. <laughs> Okay, it comes from 1050 to, oh no, I'm sorry, between 1030 and 1050 AD, because nice. this used to be Viking land. Of course. Thunder crash. Um, so the thing about this, this runestone, it is the northernmost runestone in the entire world. It is, the, it is at the point, peak north. Really? And it's been broken in half. Like they talk about the thing being broken and then the water was like cursed and yeah. it's been it's been since repaired because 
they believed that that was like causing problems in in the lake. You'd think that the northernmost rune stone would be found in Iceland or something. Mm-hmm. This is the this is the northernmost in the world. Huh. Maybe maybe it's the northernmost that exists. You know, still like that like lasted. Yeah, that's really cool. So it's one of the three runic recordings of. Now here's here's the thing. Oh no! Sorry, everybody. I wish it was something cooler, but like the true history of this yeah. thing is like the. Um, like the Norse uh, conversion to uh, Christianity. Oh yeah, yeah. But we, we've kind of talked about the Norse conversion of Christianity before, yeah. like how the Icelandic Vikings had, you know, had made a decision to throw all of the the stone um, representations of their gods into that that waterfall. So there you go. Maybe they threw all those stones away, you know, away, you know, <laughs> and then they forgot about this one. Uh, yeah, but. What it seems like happened here is that these legends were written about these runestones that were already just standing. Yeah. So I think that's kind of cool. So they saw the runestone and then... Which has a giant the, the snake ro- on it. The legend around the mm-hmm. stone that they found. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So it makes you wonder. They're probably looking at this thing and maybe they didn't know how to read it, right? But it made me think this. What's the deal with the snake, right? Because this is almost like a back formation, right? The stone was there. Here's the snake. Then they, then they totally invent... Uh, these story to explain uh, um, stories it. to explain it right what about the ear moon gonch also known as the midgard serpent from fucking you know like thor and shit whoa like what if that's what they were they were drawing yeah you like know from norse mythology yeah yeah because like obviously you're gonna probably go with the biggest one and so this is kind of making a connection that storzy could be like sort of this ancient creature from the the times of Norse mythology. I mean, let's. Here's my thing. Like trying to be realistic about it. I'm thinking like this. All right, these. Unfortunately, you this don't even very realistic. this very metal rock that's standing there that's been split in two and repaired. You know, like and it has this giant serpent on it. I guess it has something to do with the idea that's like, all right, we're going to Christianity, right? But it's like, but remember when we had freaking the Midgard serpent, dude? Like. And then, you know, them kind of being like, remember that? And then the, uh, Swedish, <laughs> that. the Swedish were like, yeah, we're going to make our own uh-huh. <laughs> serpent. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that, that's just, that's my personal theory about okay. maybe how it came about. Cool. I love it's it. It's not that big of a stretch, right? No. All right. Now let's talk about the hunt because in 1894, there was a company, a company was assembled to actually try to catch Storzy. And even King Oscar II made a financial contribution to be like, yo, go get that I'll th- thing. Yeah, I'll throw down to catch this thing. Uh-huh. People loved tr- like hunting for cryptids. Totally. You know. They still do. Yeah. But like, imagine you get a king backing you on that. Yeah, that'd feel, that'd feel good. That king probably knows. He's like, probably not going to fucking get anything. <laughs> but like, if, if they do, he's going to be like, I'm the serpent king. Yeah. <laughs> Like you're for, I mean, like, has there ever been a king that actually physically caught a serpent, like a giant sea serpent, or any sort of real mythological beast? A king, know? I don't know. I mean, that's like you know, it was like what we talked about on the white elephant uh, episode of Don't Be an Idiot. The one time, it's like it's all about like the animals that you get, like the big old stuff. So I would, you know, if I would throw some shekels at this. Yeah, you'd want to be associated with that, right? The yeah. capture of stores. I mean, you know, you just you just the people will starve a little bit. Who cares? <laughs> They'll bounce back. All right, so here's what they did. So they 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 built a jetty out into the lake, right? 
And then they hired a, a harpoonist to sit at the end. Oh, they built him a shack too. They built a little shack at the end of the jetty. And then they um, hired a harpoonist, professional harpoonist, to sit at the end and to use an electric light for bait. And then this huge trap connected to a barrel under the jetty. And in that trap, they used an entire pig oh my God. For, um, for bait, right? Was the pig underwater? Uh, yes, I believe it was. Yes, it was there was drowned. A, there was a. Oh, it's dead. Oh, it's, uh, it's definitely dead. But you know the blood and the viscera, you know. Uh, the viscera. They love that stuff. So this dude, could you imagine that job? Mm-hmm. Like, especially if you like didn't. Well, actually, I was, I was imagining this earlier. I'd be like, you are sitting on the end of a homemade dock in a homemade shack uh-huh. with this with a harpoon waiting yeah. for a sea monster uh-huh. to try to come up, and you're gonna be like, I guess I'm gonna stab it in the eye. <laughs> I guess. I guess. But but like, you know, if you like are a non-believer, you're like, this is a cakewalk. I'm making money here. No big deal. But mm. like if you, if it gets into your head, that would be terrifying. Yeah, like, oh, why is this on my shoulders? This thing like, this thing. It's 14 meters. Could be huge. Like comes up under there, destroy the whole thing and s- swallow you up in one fell swoop. But anyway. Uh-huh. That was just one part of it. They also had fixed hooks around the lake full of bait. Good. Um, then they also built a raft that they would ferry it around to the, the most latest uh, the sightings with like a whole arsenal of, of stuff. So they'd be like, someone saw it over there. Let's, let's go in there. And then just like all oh, the stuff and the harpoons and everything. So that was a big one, right? That yeah. that, that expedition did fail and, uh-huh. and they lost a lot of money there. Thought so. But then there was also this um, like private citizen. Um, it was a woman from Oostershun who, she was a widow, uh, very wealthy. She had holes cut into the ice at wintertime and employed a Norwegian whale hunter who tried to entice the monster up from the lake with the help of a candle lantern. So again, again, you're using like light as sort of a bait, which I th- mm-hmm. think is kind of interesting. Yeah. It kind of comes back to the angler fish a little bit. Hey, there you go. Maybe he was in Hellraiser. Uh-huh. All right. So, obviously, nobody ever ca- caught Storzy, right? Of course. Um, but in 1986, Jeplum County, uh, the administrative board declared an enda- uh, declared Storzy an endangered species and granted it protective status. Cool. To him and his, you know, uh, babies, if he had Yeah, any. right. However, in November of 2005, <laughs> it was taken off the endangered. Why? It was ta- because they were like, well, you know, like there's no proof. It was like a joke. They're like, they're like, it's no proof that it actually exists, so we can't, we cannot protect it. Oh. We can't do it. But I mean, you'd think the Swedes would, you know, the Swedes like to have fun, you know? They like to enjoy. Well, so, you bring up a great point. Yeah. It's fun to put a monster on the... On That's the endangered species list, right? It's very fun. But then, if you take it off the list, you then you get the hunters there. back out there. Mm. And that's a whole thing. Then people are buying oh, bait. Oh, <laughs> yeah, know? that's true. Okay. And you could sell, like, you know, chartered hunting trips. Special I mean, hooks. like, you could, be making, you could be making money here. Right. And that's fun. It's definitely fun, I think. I'll let you know if it ever happens. All right. So, we're going to fast forward now. Past 2005? You might want to, you might be asking yourself, Albert, is there any way that I could get some more about stores in here, right? <laughs> Can I get my hands on anything? Yeah. And I, I was actually going to ask you if there's a Storzy statue in Sweden, because I've been, oh yeah. I've been, uh, oh yes. I've been thinking about a, a Euro monster trip oh, where, buddy, buddy, let's do it. Where we, 
we visit like statue, anything physical. Because our last monster trip, there wasn't always something that physically right. represented it. But to have a purpose, like there is a physical representation of this monster Absolutely. in Sweden. Let's go see it. There's no doubt. Photo, photo op. There's no doubt. And, you know, um, this kind of reminds me of when Ryan was in Iceland and he went to that cool museum uh, where they had the um, yeah, Tilbury, the, right? Yeah, yeah, the Tilbury was right. there. Right. It seems like they do it right. They do it. Uh, yeah. A- outside of the States they, here. I, they do everything right outside of the States, <laughs> yeah, I think. Right, like democracy and uh-huh, such. That All right. thing. <laughs> um, even though we invented it, apparently. But anyway, so if you want to get your hands on some stores, you can go to the Jampli Museum in the town of Ustersund, Sweden. Um, they have an impressive array of, um, of things on display. For example, they have the giant trap that they used in the 1894 capture cool. attempt, the one that held a pig. Yeah, yes. very cool. Very cool. Um, they have a recreation of the Freyason runestone. Love that. There, yeah. And you can also go visit the, the, actual the, the real one. one. That's got to go, go over to the island for mm-hmm. that one. Um, they also possibly have a baby Storzy in formaldehyde mm. that was gifted to the museum by by pt barnum I, the thing looks cool but it, they, it says right on there never been tested <laughs> <laughs> never been tested and maybe my favorite part about the museum um is they have a giant it look i couldn't uh, it's either two or three stories tall it's a Storzy. um it starts off as a sculpture on the top floor, yeah. but then it's a slide that you slide down Storzy's really? belly oh, into wow. the bottom floor where they it. have all the like um, artifacts and stuff. Oh my God. It is wonderful. Sweden. I know. That, do you have any pictures of this stuff? Uh, yeah. So uh, I didn't, I wasn't able, the reason I don't oh, I mean, have I'm a just like, great that picture of the slide. I have, I found something on Facebook that shows mm-hmm. somebody going down it, but like funnily enough, no, I don't have a good picture of it. Here's, oh, here's what the head looks like. Okay. So, um, so this is where you start at the top. Great. There's stores. Great. And you don't go into his mouth, which is uh-huh. upsetting, but apparently you kind of just go drop in right there yeah. and then it loops around Excellent. down two or three floors and then you come out the bottom. Love that. Um, you had asked about a Storzy. This is one of the famous statues, uh, which is the uh, the one with him like eating oh, his tail. Oh, cool. yeah. And I already showed you the, um, the rune. Uh, there was something else I wanted to show. Oh, here's the trap. Here's the giant trap and some of the harpoons in the Love back it. that they use. And that's like, you know, like six foot tall or something like yeah. that. And here is actually a picture of the jetty that they built cool. um, to hunt. And yeah. here's some of the trappers uh, baiting the trap with a pig. In the 80s or? Uh, that was, a, no, that was, let me see. That was a while back. I think that was like in 18 something. Yeah, but those pictures couldn't have been from 1800, like 1830s. No, of course not. <laughs> or I mean, eighteen ninety four. That was like a color photo. The last one. Well, I think that was uh, that might have been um, where, where you go in there and colorize. It doesn't yeah. look very good. Oh, okay. You That's know? awesome. I want to get to that museum bad. I want to get to the museum bad too. Uh, also, there was something else I thought you should see, which was this uh, piece of artwork here is in the museum as well. And there was a, a painting. It was a, yeah, it was a painting. I believe it was a fisherman who had an encounter Whoa. with a uh, Storzy. And, and this it's got is what that, he the, them Nessie humps. Yep. Yeah. Um, here's a more modern one, which I thought was pretty metal. 
Very, yeah. And uh, what's neat about the museum is they say they have like a lot of uh, things that you can listen to about like people's people's um, uh, hallucinations that, that, that think that they that they saw Storzy and uh, and all of the uh, different articles and such. But uh, that is pretty much that's pretty much everything. I'm a fan, definitely a fan of Storzy. I'm a fan now. Yeah. So I I fell in love with my first. Uh, sea monster. Good. And that is Storzy. Badass. Very pleased with all this. Oh, you mean like a plesiosaurus? Because some people think he's a plesiosaurus, but that's cute. I don't want to get into all that. <laughs> I don't think so. All right, we'll be right back after this spooky intermission. Welcome back to Do Be a Monster. We hope you enjoyed learning about Storzy. This episode's brought to you by the uh, Scuzz Green people. <laughs> the people over at Scuzz Green. We don't do a lot of advertisements on here, but uh, Scuzz Green does do us right. Please buy Scuzz Green. Remember, it's the only green with hair. And it's now the second part of the show, and uh, you know I did a great job, and now it's uh, Ryan's turn, and I don't have to do anything except react. So, Ryan, <laughs> take easy, it away. Easy. All right, Albert. So, I want you to imagine you're living in the south of Switzerland. You live Ooh. in you're living in a small alpine village, tucked away into you know foreboding mountain ranges. Mm-hmm. For, all around foreboding, huh? yeah they're just okay they're menacing okay they're well all right sounds scary <laughs> one day you grab a glass of milk you take a bite of some cheese and you grab your walking stick you're gonna go for a hike right you live in the alps the swiss alps i'm hoping i pack some good thick chocolate too there is chocolate in the pack i'm gonna be swiss missing all the way to so the you're top. swiss missing left foot right foot moving on up all right. And yeah, then all of a sudden, you know, you're making your way through the winding paths. You're seeing wildcats. You're seeing badgers. You're seeing foxes. Um, what are those Swiss mountain goats called? Uh, I- Ibex? Oh, yeah. The Ibex. Yeah. The Ibex. How do you pluralize that? Ibexes? <sighs> Their eyeballs are weird. <laughs> you see a lynx, a wolf, <laughs> but then I you love hear. A you hear a shrieking sound in the distance and it gets closer and closer until right behind you, you hear a long, terrifying hiss. Okay. You turn around and find yourself face to face with my mother-in-law with the Totsil. Ooh, Totsil worm. Never heard of that one before. I thought you might've heard of it. Definitely not heard of the Totsil worm. (laughs) So in Switzerland, they also use the phrase stolen verm. I like okay. the verm. I love the verm. Yeah. And I feel like you got to say totsel verm, right? Definitely. Because this creature exists in all of the Alpine regions. So Austria, Germany, France, even 
northern Italy, and especially Switzerland. So when you when you said Sweden, I thought for a second you were gonna say Switzerland. Well, and when you said Switzerland, I was like, just uh, like my Sweden, <laughs> just like my Sweden. <laughs> we're swooling it up here on Dubia Monster. Uh, swooling it up for the Swoo Boys. Um, I have something to ask about the Totsol. No, I haven't really told you anything about it yet. But before you tell me anything, uh-huh. is there by any chance yeah. that the worm isn't a worm at all? It's more of a dragon a worm. Big chance. Yeah, okay, cool, cool. Now, I just only because uh, there You're was... You're thinking of the Lampton worm. Uh, actually, no. So there was a uh, there was the that Neil Gaiman... Um, it was mostly like a picture book that came out a bunch of years ago, and I... Um, it's called uh, Instructions. You ever see that? It's, oh, right, right, yeah. Illustrate it's things. all not, written not in second person, right? He's saying, you do this, yeah, you, you do, do that. This, yeah. yeah. So, um, first of all, if, for the listeners out there, if you are, if you got, you know, people graduate in different grade levels, or mm-hmm. high school, college, all that stuff, and you're sick of being part of the whole, oh, the places you will go Jeez, thing. That's, that's, yeah. Which, for the record, my Aunt Jerry gave me one of those sure, when I graduated. Yeah. I was either eighth grade or, or probably or, high school. Or high school. Yeah. And I was like, what a smart idea. I feel like she Everyone invented it. Now, it is beyond annoying. Like uh-huh. I, I'm a te- We're teachers. I, 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 now, there's this thing. I don't know if you ever have this where they some parents want every teacher that the kid ever had to secretly sign and write a message like every year until they graduate. Like, I don't know, high school, college. I don't even know. But like now, this is something I used to love, but now I hate. I, I just hate it because it's played out. Yeah, I didn't know this was a thing. Oh, it's very annoying. Okay. But um, the instructions book is similar in a way to like it's kind of like cool. telling you all these like things you're gonna do and like ride the gray wolf and the fish and the eagle, but don't eat the food in the haunted city, like yeah, all that yeah. stuff. But anyway, long story short, there's this one page that says the tower leans because there's a worm buried in the yeah. in the base, and the worm looks like a dragon. Right, and right. I, that was where I learned that sometimes. Dragons were referred to as worms. Yeah, especially in you know the United Kingdom and Europe. Um, I feel like that word is associated with dragons very often. Yeah. And you know, I, one of one of the episodes we did, I, I did all about the Lambton worm in England, and like the Lambton worm was essentially a dragon. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So this is a very similar. The Totsil worm is a, is a dragon of sorts. You know, Tilbury's a little wormy too. Tilbury's Ryan's very- got like a little oh. worm fetish. I can't going on here. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, a little, little worm psychotherapy. All right, next time, Ryan is definitely going to have a monster with arms and legs. No doubt. <laughs> okay, but I have had other monsters. Those are three out of 11. 12. Right, 12. I thought okay. 13. All right, go ahead. So um, the Totsil worm, I just, I'll just give you some descriptions about it, that it, it has a serpent-like body, mm-hmm. but most often depicted as having only its four legs um like uh, four limbs so just the two front ones but no back so it's kind of snaky in the back and then it's got the two oh you mean four like front f-o-r-e okay yes yeah right the four limbs oh that's cool i like that and um this is also interesting because you had mentioned uh something similar but the tatsal worm has a cat-like face yeah oh Interesting. Okay, real quick, another side story. <laughs> the animated effing Hobbit, right? Smog mm-hmm. in that. His face is very cat-like. Right, yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I basically chose this for you. Albert loves cats. 
I he's do. a cat guy. I do. He has cats. He loves cats. And I was like, I just think you're going to like this. And I just see in your future a tassel worm tattoo. Sweet. Because it just looks great. I love that it has only has two legs. I love that it has a cat-like face. Um, and um, a couple other features about it is that in certain alpine regions, it's described as having poison breath. Oh, yeah. Which can kill you. Okay. Um, and it also ha- it can make like a shrieking sound or a whistling sound or a hissing sound. Mm. That makes sense. You know, if it's a cat, can, I guess cats I like don't it. whistle, but they do hiss. What I like is it's not fire and it's not a roar. Right. It's a poison breath and a whistle. Yeah. I like that. So I wanted to, um, I wanted to show, at least you just, I show Albert a couple of contemporary um, depictions of the tatsal worm. And this is something that someone kind of like put together, like sewing oh, and yeah. like got a oh, fabric that's a and physical stuff. thing. Yeah, man. it's a physical statue. That's beautiful. I know. And this that is one's like a, nice and yeah. cat-like. There's a lot of oh, great, great. Totzelverm art, and this one, these two are a little older. Oh, the one on the pig. <laughs> There's one sucking a pig's like blood. I guess we got pigs up in this episode, people. What's and then, going on the right there? The one on the right is one of the older. Um, images that exist of the tassel verm, and it looks more like an uh, like a pine see, cone. I don't see it. It's at the very bottom here. If oh, you look okay. at the bottom. Is it, it look, flattened out? Yeah, it looks like a flat pine cone. Oh yeah. So there are some depictions that that aren't so cat slash serpent like, but the ones I just showed Albert are. <laughs> I, I, and they're they're pretty they're pretty cool. They're tasty. Yeah. I will tell you. <laughs> so this goes back. All the way to the 17th century, which I think is also where yes. Storzy um, right. kind of made an appearance. 1600s, right? And I guess you could say that in the 17th century in Switzerland, there were dragon sightings. Um, one guy, uh, Johann Jacob Wagner, he described in 1680 a sighting of a dragon. And then in the early 1700s, these were replicated with copper plate illustrations by this guy, Johann Jacob Skooxer. And so... The Skooks! The Skooks! Skooks loves drawing dragons. Um, so this is one of those... Oh, whoa. And that's from the 1700s? That's from the 1700s. And this is another one from the 1700s. And that one's got back legs. Yeah, this one doesn't... <laughs> that one has back legs. I mean, so they both have back legs. Oh, shit! That one's got back legs, too. But sometimes they're uh, hey, depicted look, as know. having back legs. Sometimes they're not. Um, oh, I, I can't. Oh boy, I saw yet. someone peek it out. <laughs> hey, look, don't feel bad because I got to tell you something. There was a lot of stuff about stores he have looking to be like a seal or something. I wasn't even going no, there. Don't, you don't need any of that seal Look stuff. Like and I'll tell you what, I don't need any hind leg stuff. No, <laughs> don't want it. Don't want to no. hear about it. Now these are land creatures, right? It's a land creature. Okay, cool. Exactly. Okay. And yeah, I mean, a, a lot of the sightings occurred, you know, when people were hiking out in the mountains. And, uh, man, dude, I was just like, yeah, I've never been to Switzerland and I've never, um, I don't think we've ever been to the Alps, right? Definitely not. Yeah. So, uh, I just like, you know, Google imaging the Swiss Alps. It looks so beautiful, like crazy beautiful. Reminded me a little bit when we were hiking in Andorra. Remember? Yeah. I'll never forget hiking in Andorra. We found that bone. We found a big old bone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The Swiss Swiss Alps, it reminds me of uh, Mr. Bryson. He like, they were going on a trip out there and he was like. He's like, what do you think the last thing you'll see before you die is? He's like, you think it'll be the Swiss Alps? And I was like, whoa, dude. 
cool. <laughs> awesome. Um, all right. So anyway, there, there were a lot of these sightings in the late 1600s and the early 1700s. And uh, they all kind of had this uh, similarity with like the cat, the cat face yeah. and the serpent body. And there was one guy who said that as it exhaled breath near him, he was overcome with a headache and dizziness. Ah. And I think because these copper plate, you know, drawings existed, that probably just created a certain amount like of a, um, like a mass hysteria. hysteria. Kind of yeah. Thing. Yeah, absolutely. And that just kind of continued to pass on from the different regions, like from Switzerland to Austria to Germany, for example. Plus, people are stinking liars. <laughs> stinking liars well that's the thing you know it's like you you talk about sightings and stuff like that and this was when we were talking about the mothman originally and it's like you know um what was his name uh john keel was it what uh keel whatever Mm -hmm. but his whole thing was you know you really can only take the sightings um like really seriously before it became public knowledge right right because then once someone's looking for it they there's a possibility that they just want to like get a little popularity a little tension yeah or or it gets into their head that you're going to see something especially it's like nighttime you'd be like it's a werewolf it's a werewolf (laughs) yeah and i imagine if they saw any lizard of any size because the reports reports of this have been from as small as two feet to as large as seven feet so i'm you know i'll go with seven i'll go with seven (laughs) Oh man, I was hoping it was going to be like wrap around a mountain top kind of no, size. No, that would be great. And there was that one that you did um that that was like a the Midwest or something, right? Like that guy that had that um I don't know, he like uh slide down mountains, the slider. The slide rock bolter. Slide rock bolter. Let me just he say, was huge. It was it was like a like whale. Too big. It was a whale on a mountain. That guy that wrote that book, uh-huh. the uh, if you have not um if you have not checked out the, I think it's called the Mysterious Creatures of the Lumberwoods, something like that. If you put it in Lumberwoods, it's going to come up. But I believe that this guy was just a very imaginative dude. Yeah. Um. So those were really just kind of from his mind, and that was what was fun about it. But right, right. big is is hard to hide. So big is hard to hide. <laughs> yeah. Good point. So the most famous account is from 1779. There was this farmer Hans Fuchs. And he described an encounter with the Totsil worm to his family. So he was like out in the mountains doing his Swiss Alps thing. And he saw two Totsil worms in front of him. So there's not one. There's like, it's like a, a species, I guess. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, and they're, you know, they're out and about. And so he was like terrified. He fled home and died of a heart attack from the experience. Right. And right before he died, he told his family (laughs) of the encounter. And he said it was about seven feet in length and had a serpent-like body. It had two clawed front legs, a large feline-like head, all of the indicators that this was a tonsil worm. Awesome. And so... Did he say what they were doing? Were they like kissing or fighting? Yeah, they were just Frenching. Oh, nice. (laughs) I mean, that's the thing. It's like... He was so afraid of them, but they did. Did they do anything? Or they just like sitting there and just like, ah. I, I mean, I'll tell you this: if that guy was real and that was his deathbed stuff, instead of saying like, you know, I love my family, he's like, <laughs> I saw two tonsil worms. <laughs> I saw two tonsil worms. Like you gotta take the the like you know the dying. The, they say that the dying man doesn't lie. Oh, dying right. man ain't, why li- ain't a lion man. Yeah, why would he? 
Right. I you mean, got nothing to lose. It's the thing that's giving him a heart attack. So I'm I'm into that. Yeah, yeah. I'm Although, all about unless it. he was already kind of dying and hallucinating a little <laughs> bit or something. Listen, if anyone knows where Hans Fuchs' uh, grave is, Love I, we'd like to check that out. Yeah. And Maybe two first class tickets. We'll dig it up. We'll see what's going on in there. So the best source of knowledge that we have for the Totsilverm comes from this guy, Samuel Studer, who uh, basically wrote about some mythological tales um, from the Alpine region. And he said, because remember that um, in Switzerland, it's it's mostly known as the stolen uh, stolen verm. And he said that's because it means short feet. Because I guess that it had like little, yeah, yeah. little stumpy feet guys. Better than nothing though. Like those dwarf cats, you know, dwarf cats have like. Oh yeah, I love dwarf cats. <laughs> no, wait, what's a dwarf cat? You ever seen it? I think Rachel from Miss Rachel's Pantry has one. It's like. She has a dwarf cat? They have like these like little tiny legs. They're weird. Are they engineered to be that way? Because. I mean, I think they're they're like, you know, freaks of nature. Oh, okay. If, they, if that's just how they're. Oh my God. They're so cute. <laughs> These are real? Yeah. Oh my God. Look how short their legs are. <laughs> That's got to be hard, though. No, Rachel has one. She, she like loves Play it. <laughs> their feet. It's like their body and then just the foot. It's like no leg at all. They're like corgi cats. Like corgi cats, exactly. Glamour pet. The, the Totsil worm is essentially the corgi cat of the cryptids. Cute. <laughs> cute uh, as hell. Too cute. Um, anyway, so he wrote an article about the Stolen Verm um, in an article for this travelogue that was published in 1814. So that's, that's where we get a lot of our main information from, like this uh, article that he wrote. Uh, anyway. Well, mine was written on a stone, so. I'm... I'm <laughs> no, actually, Dude, yours it wasn't. Is way no, cooler. no, I'm kidding. It wasn't. Remember, the stone said something about Christianity. Forget me. Mine was <laughs> right. inspired by a stone. Oh, inspired by a stone, right? <laughs> so, um, there was this guy named Hans Kerli, and he claimed to have killed a small, hairy stolen worm that was carrying ten young. Which makes me think of possums. Don't possums do that? Like they're right. Don't they young, carry them like on the, like, yeah, the like back the or something backs. like that? And I think so, some frogs, maybe. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> so so you, he said he killed one. He killed one and had ten babies. What about the babies? The, right. I feel like he killed all of them. I guess. Right. That's and pr- what did he do with the pelts? I guess he ate them. He ate. Them. Yeah. Right. I don't know. It sounds like bullshit. Does he have any details about the the battle? No, that's all we got. You know what? That's okay. Yeah. Life in the mountains is, you need to, you need to spice it's it simple. up. simple. You need to spice it up. So this reminded me of the Tilbury. Uh, oh, yeah. In, in some of these Swiss neighborhoods where um, Totselverms were, uh, were, were, I don't know, like, sighted, Mayors. Uh, were mares. <laughs> Mayor Totselverm. Uh, they said that there was a, a tendency for cows udders to be sucked they <laughs> you know the milk will get sucked out of milk it in switzerland <laughs> yeah the swiss love milk dude we get it you love milk you love sucking milk from udders just you know like it's okay but apparently you could ward off the totsilverm by placing a white rooster near the cows a white rooster would kind of scare scare it from sucking milk from the udders oh okay um yeah and so that's 
pretty much it about the Tazelverm. One thing that I stumbled upon that I thought was interesting was that this is an example of a lindworm. Mm. And a lindworm is a popular motif found on runestones. Runestones! In 11th century Sweden. Aren't we in sync or what? We, I just can't really figure how about that? it out. And it's essentially a wingless dragon. You know, it's like a, it has that serpentine body. It's got scaled skin. Um, okay, but I love it. You just see them without their wings. And so really... Um, I mean, both of ours could be dragons. Because, you know, there's all sorts of sea dragons and stuff. Well, right. And what's on the rune that you showed me was very... Well, that's a lindworm, essentially. Nice. Right? So, like, I don't know. I mean, this might be referring to, actually... Because it says 11th century Swedish runestones. That's got to be the runestone that we're talking Dude, about. Dude, I wonder if... Um, I wonder if uh, it's one of the three... One of the three runestones that they talked about. I know. It's, it's crazy. Or what if it's the same runestone? I don't know. So anyway, like... The, How the, far is Sweden from Switzerland? Um, I mean, it's not close, but it's not far. Okay. <laughs> well, surely they both That's have not really milk. <laughs> they both have milk, though. Yeah. For the record, everybody, you need to understand this about both of our shows is we do not talk about what we research ahead of time. So you might be like, ooh, they both have snakes. Ugh. You know, like they both have runestones. No, this is weird. This is a natural this is intersection happening. It's, it's kismet. So a few fun facts, and then we'll, we're going to um, sign yes. off for you guys. So in 1934, and this is kind of the most recent information I have, a photographer... I only found out that his name is Balkan. I don't know if it's his first name or his last name. He took a picture, and it's the only photo ever of the Totzelverm. Come on. Let me have it. I'm going to show it to Albert. <laughs> <laughs> he looks so happy. Let me see that. It looks like a piece of wood He's carved. Like, hey, what's going on, buddy? We got there's more where that came from. It's like he kind of is smiling. It looks like it looks like he's he's looking sort of over his shoulder, like uh -huh. rawr, rawr, rawr. oh, that is funny. Yeah, that might be a fake, but it's cool. It's one thousand percent a fake. It's cool though. I mean, it's just and that so looks ridiculous. more like a two footer than a seven footer. Oh yeah, that's a two footer. But he's pretty funny. He's like. Check me out. What's going on? Uh, Plus, you don't see his four paws. A couple other things. There's uh, in uh, in Switzerland, specific, specifically one place called Mering Meringen. Um, they make Tatzelverm cakes. What? Um, yeah, so you can get these little desserts of the Tatzelverm. Oh, my God. Dude, do they ship to America? I don't know. We need to buy no, some. No, no. We got to get those right away. They are cute. <laughs> they are cute and cool. And weird. <laughs> Uh, I, I found an electronic band called Totzelverm on Spotify. Oh, sweet. One monthly listener. One? Just one monthly listener. <laughs> so I'm assuming it's the guy that is Totzelverm. Bozo dubbed over? Sounds like Aphex Twin. It's just like electronic noise stuff. Is it good? No. Um, not really. <laughs> <laughs> and He's the other listening. cool thing, and this is what gave me the idea to do a little uh, Euro monster trip. If we go to Coburn... Coburn Gondorf in Western Germany, we can check out this fountain of a Totzelverm. Oh yeah, dude. And I'm just What's like, he got wings? He has he 
has wings here, it looks like. Yeah. And it looks like he has like almost human ears. You know, I think it's hard for people to get away from what we think of as a dragon. Yeah, it is. You know what I mean? They and can't like, get to the limb gotta, worm. You got to let it go. Right. And uh, I also just had a cup, a couple other um, contemporary pictures that oh, I thought you'd like. Oh, that one's cute. Was he taking down a ship in that one? Yeah, it's, it's taking down a ship. I guess they, someone threw him aquatic, in the sea. Uh, and I really like this right one. Now. Oh, yeah. That's more of like a space cat kind of thing. It's <laughs> trippy. <laughs> so anyway, the cat-faced serpent what a, listen, that's a, that's weird guys like look we both had cat face serpents today that's true i mean come on yeah the, the, and there are a lot of monsters out there There are <laughs> yeah you tell me you, you're telling me um but you know that's just like me and ryan's friendship we are two cat face serpents twisted around each other never letting go beautiful and we're just happy to be here bringing you that feline Fenergy. Fenergy, good. <laughs> well, that is the Totsilverm. And we hope you enjoyed today's episode of Do Be a Monster. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Y'all yeah. rule. We hope you're having a good day. We hope that you stuck with us to the end. Hope you're having a good summer. Also, if you use Spotify, they just added, um, you can rate podcasts. Mm. And so... It, it'd be really helpful if you're you have like literally like ten seconds, just right. to just to you know throw us some stars on Spotify. Um, that just helps us kind of like get heard and get you know passed around a little bit more. So yeah, do that. Oh, and we're gonna do a new little thing. If you write us a just a DM us or write us an email at don't be an idiom dot com right <laughs> gmail dot com. There you go. Um, I got a really great monster stationary pad for my friend Jess it's for my so, birthday. Yeah, it, it looks is, like seventies vintage. Vintage. Yeah, it's and cool. It is. I'm gonna tell you something. These are. I'm gonna be hoarding these pages because they're just so good. But uh, write in. Tell us about your favorite monster, and we're gonna write you a nice little note on the monster stationery. Send it right to your home address. Promise we won't show up in person. Um, you can go ahead and get a pre-restraining order if you want to, just for good measure. But I think you're going to be happy with what you get uh, in the yeah. mail. Yeah, it's really cool stationery. So yeah, definitely go for that. All right, um, thanks for tuning in. Next time we'll uh, we'll be doing a don't be an idiom. Uh, until next, next time, time, do be a monster. monster.